Well, in case you have not been following the news over the last several months, I mean, we could really argue several years, uh, or in case the only word you trust is that of Ontario Health Minister uh, Sylvia Jones, our healthcare system is in a crisis. We've been talking and talking and talking about emergency rooms shutting down across the country, ICUs shutting down. Yesterday, we were talking about paramedic services in Durham region, just east of Toronto, twice in as many days being without any ambulances to answer 911 calls. Well, another part of this crisis has to do with home care. According to advocates in the home care community, some 4,000 nurses have left home care during the pandemic. Most, of course, for higher paying jobs in hospitals, long-term care, which were recruiting to meet COVID staffing demands. This drastic drop in nurses has left many people in the province waiting for home care supports. Just to give you an idea of what a difference there is right now, prior to COVID, about 95% of people who requested home care services could get the help. Experts say that that has plummeted to about 55% across Ontario. That means about half of the people who apply for help for home care cannot have their needs met. This is an issue that our next guest uh, holds very close to her heart and to her home. Nicole Payette Kiraluk is a Toronto resident and policy advisor with Ontario Disability Coalition. She's also the mother of Alexa, who has a rare neurodegenerative condition and needs around-the-clock specialized care. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Tell us about Alexa. Um. She's, uh, she's doing okay. I, I'm suffering from or recovering from COVID right now. So she's negative oh, so far. So mm-hmm. it's, been, uh, it's been a very scary time for us right now, like our greatest nightmare. Because if she gets it, then um, it, it could be very tragic results. Hmm. What kind of care does she require, Nicole? Um, she requires 24-7 uh, um, eyes on bedside care. Um, Typically, she would need um, RN nurses, uh, registered nurses, uh, because of the level of expertise that they have. And um, right now, because of the shortage of nursing, we've been able to bring in registered practical nurses. uh, But unfortunately, they don't have the specialized skill set needed to provide um, the proper level of care for Alexa. So I'm having to jump in and be on call 24-7 to help uh, support the nurses. How old is Alexa? Uh, she's 10 years old. And has she, yep. has she needed this sort of care since she was born? Um, Sala kicks in at six months, so they start to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. And they told us she wouldn't live past the age of two. And so it's progressive. So as time progressed, her condition worsened. Uh, so now she's uh, in a palliative state at this time. Jeez. What, what sort of care were you receiving before the pandemic compared to what you're receiving now, Nicole? Um, we had, like, our hours were filled uh, predominantly from uh, publicly funded nurses, and most of our LIN hours were filled. Um, with the pandemic, um, we were able to get, well, prior to the pandemic, we were able to get funding, private funding through another ministry, and with that, we, like right now, we're heavily more private than public. So what's happening mm-hmm. is we're not utilizing all of our LIN-funded um, nursing hours. We're having to go more uh, private to fill in the holes because uh, we're not able to retain the publicly funded nurses. 
who are actually more the experts uh, for Alexa. They have, um, they have a more specialized skill set. Um, and we've lost some of our long-term nurses. And, and we should point out that it, this isn't a matter of the government saying, no, you don't qualify for 24-7 specialized care. They agree that you qualify. They just yes, can't provide Alexa. it. Yeah, yeah. And so what caused, like, the biggest issue we have right now is because the publicly funded nurses are not paid um, wages that are comparable to hospitals and long-term care facilities, um, the agencies um, that, are, that have the publicly funded nurses are put at a disadvantage. They can't hire or retain staff. So what's happening is, like, the difference between the, the, the nursing um, that we're getting is with those publicly funded nurses, the level of expertise and training that those agencies bring in make it that they're better suited to take care of Alexa. And with the public, uh, sorry, sorry, the privately uh, funded nurses, a lot of them are temp nurses that are filling in holes. So they're not actually, um, they don't have necessarily the right expertise to, to provide the care. Um, so the, the problem we're having now is we don't have continuity of care. We have a, a turnover of nurses where we're constantly having to train people they're gone one month, they're there the, the next month, like, it's, it's, it's a mess. I have four agencies that I'm pulling from, five sources of funding to try to, uh, to, try to set up 24-hour care for Alexa, and it's, it's exhausting. Just paint a picture for us, if you can, Nicole. What, what does a day in the life look like in terms of Alexa's needs and the care that she requires? Um, Alexa can't breathe on her own, so she's on a ventilator. Um, she's on a BiPAP machine, so we, we do take it off for a certain amount of time during the day where she does get a break. The problem is is her lungs are shot um, from multiple aspirations over the years. So the nurses have to do, um, we do like chest physio, uh, we're doing deep suctioning, like we're doing procedures that require typically ICU level nurses. And they're, like, we don't have the nurses with the right skill set out in the community. Um, she also has um, intense seizures where uh, she can throw up and aspirate, so you have to intervene really quickly with her. She stops breathing, so we're doing resuscitations. Um, she requires, um, you know, um, being moved a lot because she can't move on her own. So think of somebody who's lying in their bed who can't call for help because she's nonverbal. And she has global developmental delay. She's visually impaired and hearing impaired. And she's 100% dependent on you to do all of her care. So if she's sitting there or lying there and she's choking on her saliva because her disorder creates saliva, she has to be suctioned because she panics because she's choking. And so somebody mm -hmm. has to be there 24-7 to intervene. And that's what it's like for her. Is this the sort of care that you feel comfortable yourself not being a registered nurse uh, providing to your daughter? Um, I don't have a choice because if I don't do it, she's not going to live. Like, we have gaps in care. If I don't jump in to do the care, it doesn't matter if I'm comfortable or equipped to do it. I don't have a choice. My, li my daughter's life depends on it. So I've had to learn to basically become a nurse with no medical background to do procedures that are extremely dangerous. Uh, if done incorrectly, that could create damage and, and, and cause complications, but I don't have a choice. So I did get some training through sick kids on how to do some of the procedures, which obviously I would not have been sent home, um, like sent home with her unless it was done like safely. 
but mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable doing it, to be honest. It's not something that a parent should have to do. I'm so sorry, Nicole, that you've been put into that position. I appreciate you taking the time to share some of your story with us today. I know that your story is just one of many, many, many stories out there. Nicole Payette, Kira Luke, thank you for joining us. Nicole is a Toronto resident and policy advisor with Ontario Disability Coalition. But first and foremost, she is the mother of 10-year-old Alexa, who has a rare condition that requires 24-7 specialized care. And Nicole, I hope that you feel better soon from your COVID and even more so, of course, that uh, Alexa doesn't contract it. Uh, So we'll be thinking about you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you very much. Nicole Payette Kiraluk, one of many, many, many parents, not just parents, but uh, family members of loved ones who require at-home care and they're not receiving the adequate care that they need. This is something that the Ontario government has committed itself to investing a lot of money in. Let's see. Let's see if they can get that money flowing quickly enough to hire enough nurses to get people there by uh, 10-year-old Alexa's bedside 24-7.